Bruchem Haboyim, welcome everybody to the fourth and final shear in the series that we've been giving throughout the neighborhood in relating to your teenagers. The particular shear, the last in the series, is going to be designated mostly to answer a question that I was asked all the way at the beginning. A very powerful question, one that some Rabbanim in Rosh Hashiva who heard the tape of the first Shia think is perhaps the most powerful of all the problems and the most difficult of the mysterious that we go through now in raising our teenagers. The question is how to deal with it. That's the problem of Shemir versus Re'iya. That means as follows. Just a brief review. There are two ways people learn things. One is through intellectual knowledge, intellectual attainment, and the second way is through experience, through sensory input. According to our Torah, sensory input is a much more powerful medium than intellectual input. To the point where the Sefer Hoyakrim writes, that the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu waited until he saw the Yidden worshipping the eagle to break the Luchos and didn't break them when Hashem announced to him that the Jews were worshipping the eagle was because the effect of the Dvar Hashem on Moshe Rabbeinu the impact that it had on him when Hashem told him that the Jews were worshipping the eagle was not nearly as great as when Moshe Rabbeinu saw it with his own eyes. It's not that Moshe didn't believe Hashem. He believed me. When Moshe Rabbeinu spoke to Hashem, spoke to Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu believed him not a 90%, not a 100%, but a 1,000%. But it's different in the effect it has on a person, even though you believe it a 1,000%. And therefore, the question we asked at the beginning was, we educate our children through the medium of Shemir. We send them to Yeshiv and we teach them Torah. We send the girls to Beis Yankiv and we teach them Torah. We buy the Shabbos table, we teach them Torah. The Goyim, the Sitra Achra, the Satan, is trying to pull our children the other way through the medium of Re'iya. They give them pictures, they give them photographs, they give them experience. They give them fun. How do they sell a product nowadays? They don't go on the television or in the magazine or in the newspaper and say, look, this can opener works wonders and a picture of a guy opening can that's in the olden days. Nowadays, they hire some big shot psychologist and some big shot Madison Avenue magician. A lot of money to try to figure out in 30 seconds which angle the can opener looks the best and which sounds uh, will make the can opener's uh, advertisement more effective. And through sights and through sounds, this is what's schlepping our kids the other way. So we have a big problem. We are outgunned. We are unarmed compared to what they have. The Sutton is pulling our children with billboards. The Sutton is pulling our children with fashions. The Sutton is pulling our children with sights and sounds. They want to turn off their brains and try to cause the children not to be able to think anymore. And every mechanic will tell you, by, side by the Yidden and Lahavdil in the public schools as well, kids don't think anymore. They'll tell you opinions. I feel like this and I feel like that. But to make an analysis of a situation, an objective analysis, not I feel. This is what I think and this is why A, B, C, D. 
that's much more difficult for them. They learn with, through Sesame Street methods or through, uh, I don't want to mention any of our uh, Sesame Street byproducts in the teaching that teaches kids our phase and various different mitzvahs through cassettes and through videos. But when a kid grows up, what happens is, is that he, the our phase was dancing a jiggle for him and he grows up and he wants Ravana Abaya to dance a jiggle too. And the Shev doesn't work that way. This is the effect that society is having on our children. And therefore the question was, how do we combat this? How do we give our children sensory input, das Torah, as opposed to what they're getting out there on the street? Because what they're getting out there on the street is more powerful than anything we have. And again, at the risk of being rep repetitive, we have to understand that no matter how we teach our children and how receptive they are we're not as good as Hashem teaching Moshe Rabbeinu and nevertheless an imkolze the effect of a picture in Moshe Rabbeinu's eyes was more had more impact on Moshe Rabbeinu than the Dvar Hashem because so whatever we can pull off in our yeshivas is totally outgunned so we have to think of more methods, different methods, at home, to try to get our children back on our side. And that's what we're going to do with this evening. First thing is that we have to sensationalize our chinuch that we give to our children. And this is what I mean. There are role models out there for our children, unfortunately. They have the baseball players, and they have the movie stars, and they have all the people lined up by the sudden to try to convince our children that this is normal, and this is cool, and this is fine. And we have our people. And I have no opinion, and I'm certain that nobody's interested in it, if I would have one, about whether these gedolim cards are good, or if they're bad, or whatever. But we try to use our Gedolim as role models for our children and the Sutton is showing them somebody else. You'd be surprised how many Beis Yankov girls in Yeshiva Bacharim, but it's more the Beis Yankov girls, and I'll tell you why in a moment, feel closer or feel pulled more. That's more accurate. They feel the pull of the Sutton's role models more. They feel themselves affected, influenced by the sensation of what's going on out there more than they feel influenced by those people whose pictures they have hanging on the wall and one answer to this is because the gedolim for our children are at best a klisheni or a klishlishi or klirevi or chamishi what shaykhs do our children really have with their gedolim will open up maybe one of these books the Magid speaks or something and we'll look in the index in the back and we'll point to Briskarov and we'll tell them a story of Briskarov and even contemporary Gedalim will tell them a story we'll hang their picture on the wall what shaykhs do our children really have with them and this is what I mean especially the girls a girl can grow up become a Rebetzin and still have very little connection with those people from whom she is supposed to be Yoinik in this world. And so I have a very simple suggestion for all of us. 
and it'll help your children sign Gashmis and sign Ruchnis. It'll give them Olam Haba and Olam Hazeh. Let your children have as much Shaykhis with your Rabbonim and your Gedolim as possible. A girl today who I was dealing with, and I want you to know I went through one of the worst experiences of my life, fighting with a family over the life of a girl to the chagrin of her menahel. Her family gave her an ultimatum. This is a girl, a very fine girl, who found herself being schlepped off to Derek because of various different reasons and the home had nothing to pull her back with. And her family gave her an ultimatum. Say, you either have to change completely or you're not going to get into that yeshiva. You're not going to get into that Beis and your life will be ruined. And the girl doesn't know what to do. She says, I'll try my best, I promise. That's not good enough, they say. Not try your best, we want you to promise success. What do I do, she says to me, Rabbi Shapiro. Do I lie to them and tell them, yes, I promise you success? Do I tell them you're giving me an unfair ultimatum? They won't listen. What do I do? So now I tell them, it's a very good question. I said, let's call Rav Tom. Let's ask him. Go ahead. I get, it's seven numbers on the dial. That's all it is. And when he answers phones, believe me, he'll be so glad to answer this question for this girl. Imagine the girl comes back to the Menahel. Didn't know what to do. So I called Rav Tom. What's wrong with that? Why shouldn't our children have access to our G'dayim just like we do? You have a Rav in your shul. Maybe he's a big Talmud Chacham. Do your children have shaykhs with him? I tell my Balabatim in shul that when the kids have a homework question that they don't know the answer to, I'm saying that's not just, you know, look it up in the book. Call me. Tell them to call me. I'm no Adam Gadol, but I'm the best they got because I'm their rabbi. And sometimes people will come to me with homework questions for an essay or something and they want something spectacular to hand in. So I remember once, it was also a girl. There's a question about Torah versus Chachmas Chitzainius. She should do a report. She said, fine, let's call Rosh Schwab. What better address is there to go to? I said, you talk to him, not me. Tell him you're doing a report on Torah versus Chachmas Chitzainius. And you'd like some information. Best person to go to. She did. And you know what? He spoke to her. And you know what kind of spectacular report, first of all, that girl brought in? And you know what kind of spectacular feeling this girl had? And do you know that the next time this girl has a question, now she can call back Rav Schwab and say, Hello, remember me? I'm Rachel Leia, Sarah Rivka, whatever. So simple. By Mechiris Chometz every year, we all of, a lot of Rabbonim, we all sell our Chometz by Hill David on East 12th Street. About 20, 30 people. I always bring my son every year. I introduce him to everybody. And as Adach Agresa, you know, he's uh, 11 years old. He's all uh, so full of pride and honor that he came here and palsy-walsy with the Rabbonin. I remember one time I went to speak to Rabbi my son said, send regards to Rabbi David. There's nothing wrong with that. It's not a guy and it's not a lack of covet. On the contrary, 
This is admiration that kids have for people superior to them. I'm not saying you should make your children pests for our gedolim that have DNA nefashis things to deal with. But you should know, first of all, this is DNA nefashis. Our children, if we're going to use our gedolim as role models, let them really role model. And that's up to us. I remember one of the Rosh Hashivas asked me, and I went to him at the beginning when I started my organization and I, I asked him for his help. He said, no problem, I'll help you, I'll write you a letter. He wrote me a letter. And then he says, what else can I do for you? He says, what can I do for you? He didn't have a shul, he was a so I couldn't tell him to make an appeal. <laughs> I told him, you know what you can do? I said, if, if you must. I said, let me give you the name of a kid. Once a month, you call up this kid for four minutes, once a month, and say, hello, my name is so-and-so, how are you doing? Imagine if it's Rav Palm, imagine if it's Rav Yishvei, imagine if it's Rav Gifta. I'm asking him for four minutes a month, a lot less than all the other organizations ask from the Rosh Hashivas. And imagine if you were that kid who walked into Yeshiva the next day, a kid who's always been dumped on, a kid who's been told that he's no good. A kid who really has kaychus and potential, but doesn't really believe in it. Imagine how that little kid walks into yeshiva the next day after that phone call. Just imagine. I remember my Zeus Pesach, I went to Lake where I always visit the Rosh Hashiva of Malkiel. He was old. We had a lot of shaychus when I was in Lakewood. And I brought my son with me. My other son isn't a year old yet, so I always speak about this one. I always bring him with me. And we were speaking about a certain topic. And his Rebbe just yesterday brought up this topic. Well, some things, semi-political, semi-hashkafedic, you know, depends how you, how you look at it. And the Rebbe said this and this. And it was big tumul in the class, half the class said this, half the class said that. And my son tells the Rebbe, I was by the Rashiva of Lakewood. <laughs> And the Rashiva of Lakewood said this and this. The Rebbe didn't believe him. Rebbe Mamish did not believe him. Now, besides he was telling the truth, why shouldn't the Rebbe believe him? He was there. Do you know what that means to a kid? And do you know that that's going to stay by a kid for the rest of his life? A little 10, 11 year old kid? The greatest person that you know, whoever he may be, in any way, Eifin, Possible, as much as possible, let your children have a shaykhah. If your child has a shaykhah in halacha that you don't know, don't say, okay, I'll find out for you. Let him find out. Let him call your rub. Or if he has a shaykhah, he's torn, he doesn't know what he should be when he grows up, some hashkafa issue. You don't have to speak to your Rosh Hashiva about it. Let your son speak to your Rosh Hashiva about it. I'm telling you, 99% of the time, depends on the personality of the particular Rosh Hashiva we're talking about, but I've done this, 99% of the time, the Shivas will be more than happy. And you don't know what it means for a kid. Walk into the Yeshiva. And then, when you say something about a Godel, they relate to it. It's not just intellectual knowledge anymore. You know something about somebody. Personally. 
they think that on their small level they have some sort of shaykh, some sort of relationship. And as much as possible they should have. There's no such thing as, well, I'm enough for my kids, or the Rebbe's enough, or this is enough. We tend to think that way. A little kid, what does he need? The Rebbe's enough, the Menahel is enough, the Father's enough, the local Rabbi's enough. When they get to Elam Haba and they'll say that, uh, when they say, well, I could have aspired to be an Adam Gadol, but I didn't, Hashem will say, this Chelik and Gan Eden, that's enough. And we'll see how suffering they are them, and how then how suffering you are them. There's no such thing as enough. As much as possible. And it's a necessity now, because it's not enough. Because the big movie stars are what you have to compete with. And the big baseball players are what you have to compete with. And the people in the billboards are what you have to compete with. How many base Yaakov girls have the, the pictures of the movie stars on, the, on, their, on their wall? The parents allow it. How many yeshiva bacharim have these things also posted on their wall? And who are their role models? And we speak about role models all the time. By every convention, by every asifa, role models, role models we have to give our children. But how could we give it to them if the more, all the shaykhs they have with this person is by looking at his picture standing on the wall for 20 years? What shaykhs do they have? And it's much more important with girls than with boys. Because boys at least grow up and they have a rishashiva. The boys grow up and they have a rav maybe. They, 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 these people are the Rosh Hashivas and the, the boys are going to have them sooner or later. We have to make it sooner than later, but the girls won't even have them later. The girls in certain Beis Yaakov, they give a course like contemporary G'daylum, G'daylum or something like that. And they learn about our Rosh Hashivas the way they learn about the Rambam and the Rajbo, which is fine. What else can you do in school? But if it's your daughter, let her know that these people are hers. Is the Melech of the world. He's built in Nitla Bizulosoi. He has no above and beyond anything that happens in the world. But what's the bottom line? After we say Adainoilam, Hashem Li. He's mine. That's the greatness of Hashem. No matter how high he is, he's ours, in our pocket, Kaviyachal. He listens to every single word we say. People think that our Rabbonim are like more inaccessible than Hashem, higher level than Hashem, less shaykhtas than Hashem. It's not so. That's the first Eitzah. As much as possible, your daughter has a report to do. They all come home from high school with reports to do. Everyone once came to me, C-minus girl from a C-minus family in a C-minus world. Nothing terrible yet nothing special in one of the schools here in the neighborhood and once a year what happens is that each girl gets up to do like a Parsha presentation for the rest of the class and it's marked like a final it's the climax of the whole year there's a girl a movie star girl a teeny bopper girl a C minus girl a little below average and everything and she was slipping and sliding. No, we did. We gave her a report. And I'm telling you that her teacher on the best day couldn't do half as good. Both pages, typeset, the Lushen HaKadosh, that the teacher in what we call, I remember she called her teacher from my office in Babov, 
uh, I have somebody helping me with my reports, but the Hebrew is, he says it's Yeshiva Hebrew. <laughs> is it okay? Can you read it? And then she says, yeah, I have the same problem with my husband. She, mommy, she was like a shtickle tyrant that came from London, uh, Otsum, and she understood it. And it was hours and hours. And we got a professional artist to do her artwork. They have to make like a presentation. And, and we got a, a typeset. It's a typeset. Now they have these computers, but with a fancy cover and fancy binding. And she handed this in. The teacher, for the first time in her life, gave a, a Aleph Plus or a 100. She never gives like a perfect mark. But as soon as she was overwhelmed, this is going to stay with that girl for the rest of her life. This is what I call hit them with a truck. We can no longer afford just to smoothly bring our children through life. Our children have to get a thrill from their successes in Tyra. Your children have to see that you care so much about them and about their learning and about their Tyra that you're willing to go so far out of the way for them. You know, Father, I live in Farakaway. You know, Father, he works in Manhattan. And the kid was an elementary school kid. It was his day to give like the Chumash shir to his Chumash class, to present the Pasuk. Father took some time off from work, and he ran all the way there just to hear his son. But no other father did that. Do you know what that means to a kid? What did it cost him? I guess he's the boss. He was able to do it. It cost him very little. And afterwards he went over to the kid and said, I have to get back to work now. I'll talk to you tonight. He gave him a kiss and left. And the kid and everybody in that room knew that this is a father that cares about this kid's learning. As opposed to the way it usually goes, where a kid by Friday night by the Shabbos table brings out his parsha sheets and he starts reading off what's doing and the father who's falling asleep halfway tells him, okay, fine, we'll continue tomorrow. And we'll listen, oh, that's very good. And the Pirkeovis assignment, wonderful. Yitzhigiven, fine, let's go back to Askinu Sudasa. That gives the kid a message. The kid has to see that his learning is the most important, not, not, not that you're machshevit, that's not good enough anymore in this world. He has to know that it's more important to you than your life. And he has to see you go out of your way through Eishumayim for him. And if Baruch Hashem, there's no reason for you to go through Eishumayim, find some Eish and some Mayim and go through it for him. Because the kids have to know. This means so much that they'll remember it for the rest of their lives. I told you we had a kid. Uh, family. Yaili makes him about 14, uh, not older, and uh, this kid was going off the derech, whatever, he was bad in yeshiva, not bad, he was academically inadequate in yeshiva, and he wasn't doing well. He got into a group of friends in camp, among whom he was doing well, unfortunately, and people go where they feel they have potential. And she wants to know what to do to boost him up, build him up. And she says, I talk to him a lot, the mother, and I discuss things with him, and I take him out to eat, and blah, blah, and it doesn't work. I said, you know what you do, this is what you do. You're on the right direction, but not far enough. I said, the kid's Rebbe knows about him. He says, yeah, the kid's Rebbe is also tearing his hair out of his head looking for something to do. I said, what you do is make him love a Malka in his honor in your house. If you can afford it, you hire a caterer. 
You invite all the kids, all his friends. You invite his Rebbe and his Menahel to be the guest speaker. And you hire a guy with a schmitzik, a one-man band, to play music. For no reason whatsoever except to show the kid that you all love him. Yoyli day. The kid walks in, and it may sound strange to you, but I'm telling you that the kid walked in, Musa Shabbos, they, they made some tachbula to take him out, whatever. Kid walked in, Musa Shabbos. There was no feeling the kid ever got in his life like that. His Rebbe from Yeshiva. Big Yeshiva, big Yeshiva. And his Rebbe from all the kids came to speak all about him. It was a different kid. Didn't last long. The effect never lasts long. And the effect of what the Umoy Toilem are doing never lasts long either. But it always sinks in and has a lasting effect. You gotta hit the kids with a truck. Individually. You know they have such a thing called family time where the parents and the kids get together to do something, whatever. I have a suggestion. In big families it won't work. But in small families it will. Take each kid and spend time with him separately. One day or one week, Ruvain, the next day or the next week, Shimon, depending upon how much time you have. And even if they'll only get it once every four weeks instead of once every week, the individual attention and the shaykhis that the kid will have with the parents will be appreciated much more than four times and the eichus will make up for the kamas. I've given this suggestion to people, they've done it and it works. Once a week, if that's what you do, again, big families it can be. But if you have a small family, each kid individually, you talk to him, how was life, what's on your mind, what are you thinking of? It creates such a bond between the parents and the kids, a bond that won't be broken. They're not a group anymore. If you take them all out together, if you spend time with all of them, that's good, it's very good. But it can't be a substitute for the individual attention that a kid has when he's outnumbered by his parents in such time. We have to take an example from what the Mephoshim say is Ahavis Hashem. When we were little kids, we learned this marshal. You're walking down the street, you and your father, and your father looks in the store window, and he says, you know, I like that wallet. He doesn't say anything, and he walks away. And then you go back the next day, and you buy it for him. He didn't say he wants it. You just know that he likes it. So you do it, not because you have to, not because he asked, because you know it gives him nachas. That's the Havas Hashem. When I was a kid, that's what they taught me. You know Hashem likes something. He didn't ask you to do it. We're talking with Nimmi Shur Sadin Havas Hashem You know He likes this. He didn't ask you for it. He certainly didn't obligate you to do it. But you know Hashem likes it. So you do it for Him because you love Him. We should take that muscle and apply it to our children. Listen carefully to what your children like and what they want what their goals are and what their problems are listen carefully and don't wait for them to ask you to get them something before you get it I'm not talking about you know if your kid goes down in Manhattan and he sees the Empire State Building and he says oh I like that some things are beyond our reach but sometimes there's little things and it doesn't necessarily have to be some present to buy him if he says something he has a problem something he doesn't like you hear him make a comment to his friends that his dresser is all smashed. The next day he comes in or the next week he comes in and you fixed it. You don't tell him anything. 
Listen carefully to your children. Find out what they want and what they like. And then do it for them. Not because they ask you. Not because you owe them. Not because they found the Afikoyman. Because you love them. And they'll feel it. Make your children understand that they're more important to you than anybody or anything else in the world. Now the Kloisenberger Rebbe's Asal. Kloisenberger Rebbe was just Nifta. There was a man I met. He came to Lakewood. He was a guest speaker. I forgot his name. He was, uh, I think he was the chief rabbi of the Rabbanut, I think in Haifa or something like there. The man was a bucky in Shas and Poiskim. Choshen Mishpat was his thing. Every Urim Batumim the man knew with the simon. And he was a member of the Rabbanut, but he said there's one person from the Charedim. He's a Chosidov, and that's the Kolzenberger Rebbe. What happened? Came to the Kolzenberger Rebbe once, and they were talking and learning. And the Kolzenberger Rebbe was fucking Kolatarakula Gainadia. Big Gvir, somebody like whose name is plastered on the front of the Kolzenberger building in uh, Eretz Yisrael, knocks on the door, and uh, he, he comes in and says, I want to start, I have to speak to you, have an appointment. And it calls, uh, uh, the secretary comes in and tells him, this guy's waiting here. So Kosenberger Rebbe says, tell him to wait, this is more important. I mean, I just came to talk and learning. That's more important than speaking to this guy. He says, he can't get over the chashivas of Torah that that man had. I'm sure he didn't even think about a Klosenberger Rebbe. It was just a gut reaction. I'm in the middle of speaking to somebody and learning and this rich guy wants to give me money. Wait. I'll be with you when I'm done. We have children. We have family. We have businesses. And we have friends. If we're speaking to our kid and our boss calls on a phone, what are we going to do? If one of our good friends calls on a phone, are we going to interrupt the kid and say, I'll be back with you, or are we going to tell a friend, I'm busy, busy talking shtusim with my kids, call back in 15 minutes. It makes a very big difference to a kid. Figure he's a kid, you can take advantage of him. He won't be mocked, but a friend is an adult, mocked it. Won't be mocked it. But if you show him that he's more important to you than everything in the world, that's the type of Kesha that we need to give our kids that we are fighting against in the outside world. I remember Reb Shneya's that cell. I was a bacher in the yeshiva, and Reb Shneya once introduced me to Irving Bunim, Olav Hashalom. And Irving Bunim, everybody knows, was like Askin Hador and very Choshev Abalabas, and I believe he was even much older than Reb Shneya. And he tells me this is Irving Bunim, and he did this, and he did that, and that, and this. And then he turns to Irving Bunim, and he says, this is Yankel Shapiro, he's a bacher in the yeshiva. But you know what? I heard in his voice that when he said this is a bacher in yeshiva, bacher in yeshiva, those words, that meant more to him. That pride that he had, that there's some... A bacher in my, a bacher in my yeshiva. That that meant more to Reb Shneya than all the stuff that he was telling me about this Mr. Bunim. And he loved Mr. Bunim. And he was machshif him as much as, uh, as much as, uh, as uh, the way it should be. But a, a yeshiva bacha, to him, meant so much. You felt it in his voice. You, you, you felt it. Now as a kid. What do you think that tells a kid, inspires a kid to grow up to be? A yeshiva man. 
Chokhem. It's a pity. I don't know how Rabbi Shnei would say it turned out. But at least the inspiration is there. That inspires a kid. What do you think a kid thinks? When you sit down by the Shabbos table or something like that, and you tell your son you have to grow up to be a big Tamil Chacham and a big this and a big that, and then he sees your face light up when you talk about your friend that made a great business deal that week. You see how he sees how excited you are about it. What do you get excited about to him? When you get a new car? Ooh, we got a new car. Don't go near it. You may smudge the paint. Sit out there every day for the first few weeks until it gets very beautiful. And if there's excitement in the house, so we bought a new house. And you should see this house. We just bought a new house and it has rooms like this and it has a room for you and in the basement is beautiful and it has a chandelier here and there and you're so excited over it. And when your son comes over to you on, at home and he says, I asked the Rebbe Akasha, he couldn't answer. What's your reaction? If you're a good father, you say, oh, I'm so proud of you. But the excitement just felt. It's just not there. Your kids smell what you're excited about and that inspires them to grow up accordingly. I remember once, I'll tell you, I have this thing where I try, to, I try to help kids and go out to places where they congregate and where they assemble. And I try to talk to them there on their turf. I take off my jacket and I take off my tie and I try to speak to them. And one time, it was a Muslim Shabbos, I remember, and I was in a pizza store in Manhattan. The kosher pizza stores, one o'clock in the morning. And there were people there. This guy walks in, and from the far he looked about 40, but as he got closer, you could see he was really older. Short guy struts in as if he owns the place with a, a woman next to him, as Mamish Oiveron on Gantz Evan Ha'ezer, Bavasacha. And in back of them, there was this a tag-along, some guy with, with, with glasses out of the 1950s and long blonde hair that was obviously like the Gabai. And this guy's walking around like this, as if he's looking for something. And all of a sudden, I hear somebody in the back say, Oh my gosh, it's Jackie Mason! Yeah? And then everybody turns around and the place goes into a frenzy. And Jackie Mason! And Jackie Mason! And Jackie Mason! And Jackie Mason! And everybody's running over to him and Jackie Mason, can I have your autograph? And, and everybody's like, and I remember there was this, this, this parents with a kid and the kid was having what looked to be like a birthday party or something and the parents had this, this video, this VCR and they were taking movies of the kid. Oh, no more. Kid can't compete with, this, with, with, with Mr. Mason. They take the movie camera and they run over to Mr. Mason. Could you say hi for David and for everybody? I want to know what would have been if the Chazanish would have walked into there? What would have been if, 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 if Rav Shach would have walked down the street? And these are parents and kids. Would they over anything? Hmm? I'm not passing on Loisi Chonin. But were they over on anything by doing it? It wasn't an Avera, but it sent the kids a message. What's the message? This is what excites me. This is what's important. I can tell you, kid, from today till tomorrow, become a Tamil Chacham. But if you become a friar comedian, I'm going to be more excited over you than if you become a Rosh Hashiva. And no matter what words you tell your kids, your actions speak a million times louder than words.
be beischa beizvadla chachomim. Your home should be a meeting place for the chachomim. Who do you invite to your home? If you know that there's a Rishashiv in the neighborhood, or there's a Rav in the neighborhood, or somebody in the neighborhood, do you fight for an opportunity to have him spend a meal or spend some time in your house? If you don't, schlep your kids into the room, get on the phone, and then do it and let your kids see. When it comes to the last year I said, we had a very small turnout of men. I was informed afterwards that I was competing with the Ranger game. And compete with the Ranger game. You race a game from 54 years, right? Once in 54 years, like, like a Birkat Hacham already. What does that show to kids? Dancing in the streets, people going crazy because of some Shkotsim won a hockey game? From people. And what does it show their kids? You go in where I live in Far Rockaway down Central Avenue, that's like the, the business strip. In one of the kosher restaurants, there's a sign. We have cable. We could show you the Ranger games and the Nick games. So don't, don't, don't stay home to watch the games or to listen to the games. Come here and you can see them from here. Because we know that that's the most important thing. What does this tell a kid? Forget it. I'm not talking about what you hear from the Rebbeim and Yeshiva and sports and Avoy Zara and the role models. Forget about that. What are you machshif? Ish lafi mahaloloi. Halel means to get excited. Like yale, like hoilulus, but a different form. Halel means to get excited. A person is judged, a person is touched up by what he gets excited about. Not what he says. Not what he preaches. Not what he does so much as what he gets excited about. And your kids will be able to tell what you get excited about. I said once the story. The Satmar Rebbe with an eight-year-old kid. When an eight-year-old kid came over to Satmar Rebbe with his parents, and there were grapes on a table, and the Satmar Rebbe says, make a bracha to his guests. And the kid makes a bracha and eats it, and the Satmar Rebbe asks the kid, do you know what a bracha is? Eight years old. And the kid says, sure I know. And the Satmar Rebbe asks him, what's a bracha? And he says, medank te'e You thank Hashem. He's a smart kid. A lot of kids wouldn't know that's what it means. And the Satmar Rebbe says, I want to tell you what a bracha is. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is standing there by Pamal Yishalmala. Around him are all the Malachi Asharis. And Moshe Rabbeinu, and Yaakov Avinu, and Avram Avinu, and everybody sitting there about Tresem, Roshayim, and Hennem, Yizif Hashchina. All of a sudden, up there in Shemayim, Hashem tells them all, and they're all singing, the Shiroi Simsashbachos to Hashem. Hashem claps, and He tells them, Stop for a second, Shah! There's an eight-year-old kid making a bracha, I have to listen. What a bracha is. You could be sure that kid made brachas differently for the rest of his life. When our kids make a bracha, we should listen. When our kids say a dvar Torah, we should listen. But I don't mean listen. Take the phone off the hook. He comes to you, Tati, I want to tell you what I learned today in Yeshiva. You take the phone off the hook. And you tell your wife, no disturbances until this is over. That's it. And this is the most important thing to you. Not you listening to him and this guy calls okay, whatever, and this guy calls him 20,000 interruptions. And you, you, by the time your kid's sitting there falling asleep on a chair, trying to, to, to cross out his dvartaira for you. It has to be the most important thing in the world to him. This. These. 
our ways that we could try to combat the sensory, the emotionalism that's being shoved on them from outside. One, hit them with a truck. Be spectacular. Show them not that you're machshiv them, but they're the most important thing to you in the world. Mishuga isharuach, the Pesach says. Be crazy for them. I heard a shot from Rabbi Victor Miller about why Rivka was chosen to be the mother of Kal Yisrael for a seemingly simple little thing like giving water to camels. A lot of Jews did a lot bigger things. Jews died for Kiddush Hashem. Jews go out of town and sacrifice all the Gashmias to learn Torah. What's the big deal about the camels? It's a very simple shot. He says there were ten camels. Did you ever see a camel drink? He says camels don't drink often. But when they do, one camel drinks enough for 30 men. And here you have this little girl. And ten camels come in out of the desert. That's the equivalent of 300 burly men, an army. And this little girl fed them all. She ran to the well and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. How many times? 300 men. What is that? 600 times? Seven? What each one wants? Two bucks? A bucket? So how many hundreds of times did this girl run back and forth to feed these camels? Eliezer Ever Avram saw that this girl is not just machshiv chesed. She's crazy for chesed. We would go looking for shit for our sons. And we'd see a girl do this. We turn around and run the other way. It's crazy. Terrence says, yeah. Everybody's crazy in the world for something. And she was crazy for chesed. She was crazy for chesed. So excited about it. Just wouldn't stop. Pasuk in Hosea, Mishuga Isharuach. That's what we have to be with our kids. Our kids have to know that their tatis and their mommies care about their Torah to such an extent that it means more to them than anything else in the entire world. But you know why? You can't make them believe it unless it's so. And that's the hard part. You can't make them believe it unless it's so. And that's the first thing. And you should know loving your kids, even in Olam Hazah, the big Mila. We don't have time for our kids. And by the time we turn around, they're all grown up. And we miss them. When we see them march down to the chuppah, we miss them. Just a blur in front of our face. Forget about Olam Habara by side. In Olam Hazeh, for our Olam Hazeh, there is no, nothing better than having a relationship with your children. I tell people who come to me, these kids, and they want to be happy in life, and they want to get money, and they want to get power, and they want to get fame. They'll run away from their family. The relationship is nothing. Because that's what they think will make them happy. I tell them, I tell them the fo- as follows. As follows. I say, imagine you were a party goer. Big shots, wheeler, dealer, tycoon in business. Rachman al-Itzlan gets sick. Somebody goes to the doctor and the doctor says, you have a few days left to live. What does this guy want? He has a few days left. What is he going to do with his few days? I don't know, one more party, 
one more business deal, one more world cruise, and then take the Bentaira, where the doctor tells him you have a few days left to live. What goes through his mind? Please Hashem, one more Shabbos with my family. Let me make when his life passes him by. It's not his stock portfolio that he sees. It's his wife and his children. It's the most choshevist thing in the world. The Olam Hazeh, forget about Olam Habo. And it'll make us happy more than anything. And you know, the Yetzirah is such a Meshuggah Nezach. If the Yetzirah would tell us, give up Olam Hazeh, if the Yetzirah would tell us, give up Olam Habo and I'll give you Olam Hazeh. It's a bad deal, but at least it's a deal. And the Yetzirah would say, give up Olam Hazeh and I'll give you Olam Habo. It's a good deal. But it's a price to pay, right? Even Machashev's Hefzid Mitzvah. There's a Hefzid Mitzvah. It's a good deal, but it's Hefzid Mitzvah. But over here the Yetzirah says, I'll make you a deal. I'll take away your Olam Habo if you take away your Olam Hazeh. And the Yetzirah says, I'll give you your Olam Habo if you give yourself Olam Hazeh. It's the biggest Olam Hazeh, the biggest Sefridenkeit satisfaction a person can have is to have a relationship with his children but not stammer relationship like, like, like too many of us have. It has to be, you have to give it your all. Like people do in business. You know the, the Lakewood of Mashkiach, Reb Nassim Wachfogel, once went to the Satmar Rebbe, and he asked him, how is a person coming to Yerushalayim? Nassim's a Bal Musar, and that's their search in this world for Yerushalayim. So he went to somebody who maybe has more Yerushalayim than anybody else, and he asked him, so the Satan Rebbe laughed at him. And Rav Nossin, it's, it's, it's written in his Shmuz. Satan Rebbe laughed. He says, it says in Apostolic Mishlei, in Tzvach Shanika Kesef, the Kamat Mait, and then take the Bentaira, where the doctor tells him, if you go after Yerushalayim, the way people go after money, and you know what that means, he says, you know what people do for money? They leave their families for weeks on end. And they risk their lives sometimes in jobs. And they wake up early in the morning at 6 o'clock in the morning to take the train to Manhattan. And they work the whole day and they come home and go to sleep early so they can wake up and go to work. And they give their whole life for it. And they'll risk their lives and they'll, they'll do anything for their money. If you tell them there's a buried treasure under the ocean in Hawaii, people will be there. You know what? The Pesach doesn't say, Satmar Rebbe told them, that then you'll get Yerushalayim. It says, Oz Tovin Hashem. Then you'll first understand what it is. Then you'll first understand it. Afterwards you can worry about getting it. That's what he told Reb Nassim. Then you'll first understand what it is. We know what people do for money. And we know what people do for COVID. And we know what people do for power. Multiply that a thousand times and that's what we should be doing for our kids not just giving them the yaitza given a little time that's what we should be doing for our kids I always say to the, to the Balabatim where Shalom Bayis is concerned you buy your wife a present and she opens up the present and she says thank you very much it's a beautiful present I love it you failed she opens up the box, turns to you and says, you know you're crazy, then you've succeeded. The point is, 
to go out of your way and to do more than you can give them more time than you can afford spend more than you can afford on them give them more koichas than you have that's what our kids need they need more than we have they need to be able to say after they, a kid's in trouble and a father makes a solution he solves it we need the kid to turn up to the father with a smile say you know Tati you're crazy that would be wonderful of course I don't mean literally that would be wonderful the kids tell us thank you the kids tell us we appreciate you that's not what we need we need the kids to say wow all this for me for me you know why we need that because the Sutton is doing that and the Sutton gives our kids an injection of what's going on out there the kids don't say oh I appreciate this the kids are wow we have Yeshiva Bachim and Beis Yaakov girls that don't even understand what B'nai Torah do for fun how do they enjoy life because everybody there is going wow and everybody there is going thank you I appreciate it it's very nice our kids have to go wow from us and I must tell you the yeshivas are not going to do it I am the greatest supporter of our yeshivas and our base Yankees. without them we have nothing Kalal Yisrael is dead whenever we have an, I have an asifa for my organization and I take questions and answers 99% of the questions are all about what are we going to do about the terrible yeshivas I always defend the yeshivas but I must tell you that if you falozach on the yeshivas to bring up your children they're not going to be brought up they can instill within them something and maybe, maybe, I don't know but maybe once upon a time it was enough today for sure it's not Vaharaya, every PTA, the Rebbe and the parents meet and the par- and Rebbe complains to the parents, your kids are terror and the parents complain to the Rebbe, my kids are terror <laughs> parents complain to the Rebbe, my kid doesn't do his homework, my kid doesn't do good in school Rebbe complains to the parents, your kid doesn't do good in school Zacharias is it Yeshiva can only go from distance HaKadosh Baruch Hu is throwing back in our laps the laps of the parents so that we don't dare forget that the chinuch of our children is our responsibility and our children can grow up in yeshiva and I heard this from Russia yeshiva themselves and if you went to yeshiva you heard it yourself but agavdik you heard about how in yeshiva we teach you how to learn but we don't teach you the learning right? you heard how we teach you to, make a, we teach you to become a lamdan and then you got to make yourself use that and make yourself among many other things what this means is is that the yeshiva does not give a complete chinuch and I'm not criticizing them with all the siyat of the shmai in the world and fighting all the melchamas Hashem that the yeshivas can halavai we should all be zoicha that, that they should be successful in this and there'll be more than koina de chelik in Gan Eden but it's not enough the home is the heart of chinuch there's no question about it especially Bizman Hazeh Bizman Hazeh if your child wants to be a Ben Torah or he wants to be a Shlak or he wants to be an Oivra Avoy Dezorinik Rachman al 
tends more in the home than anywhere else. And that, my computer tells me, is a statistical fact. Because from the hundreds of kids that I've dealt with, those who have had problems come from all sorts of yeshivas and all sorts of basyakos. And there is no one type of school that has disproportionately a large amount of this stuff. Except, interesting, by the Hasidim, the girls stay on the derech. By the Hasidim, the girls have they're much less of a problem than we do by the girls. Much less. Whatever reason. By the boys is lavdafka. By the girls is much less. However, the home, 80% or more of the kids that I've met, and I'm talking a few hundred, it's not a scientific survey of a few thousand, but it's the best, that, it's, it's the best statistic that I know of. It's the biggest group that I know of. More than 80% had problems with the home. No relationship with the parents. Parents had bad shalom bias. Uh, uh, other types of problems. So what do you see from there? Although the yeshivas and the Beis can do a lot, it's drastically important to have a home. And it's up to every single one of us to do that. And there's one more thing, and I really want, and I have to say this. And I wouldn't have said it tonight, but Mamish, on the way here, I had, I had stomach pains. Because I was dealing with a family, with a girl, and a menahel. And very often, the schools will compromise the, what's best for your child if it's not best for the school. I'm not saying they have much of a choice always. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. There are compromises that are made by the school. I have a friend who started a yeshiva recently. And his father's a bigger Rosh Hashiva. kid's a small Rosh Hashiva. And he wanted to make a yeshiva for the Beis and Gimel students. The mediocre students in yeshiva, not for the Mitzayana. And his father told him, don't dare. Because if you start out officially with a name that you're for the fair students, the Beis and Gimel, you only get dollars and hays. In order for your yeshiva to survive, you have to only take in the best students. So tell me, Rabbi, say, where does that leave the Beis and the Gimels and the Dalits? Sometimes yeshivas will take them, sometimes they won't. And sometimes they're geared to them and sometimes they're not. And the yeshivas that started off, I have a certain Rosh Hashiva, he cries about this. He started a yeshiva, it was supposed to be a Kirv yeshiva, for people who are Shvach and Frumkite. He ended up with a majority of problem kids, of psychopaths in his yeshiva. And he didn't want this yeshiva. But if you say anything, except I have a yeshiva from Mitzuyanim, we parents, it's not the yeshiva's fault, we are choking the yeshivas, will not give that yeshiva a chance. Every class, there are kids that are average 20 or 30, maybe one kid in a class, one kid every two classes. We all had them, we all seen them. And we tell the parents, put them in a different school, a lower level school, where they could gain more. They won't. Well, what's going to be with a shidduch? They'll say they went there, they'll say they went there. And this is the result of Pnei Hador Kipnei HaKelev. And Rabbi Yisrael Salanta said that Pnei Hador Kipnei HaKelev means that the leaders are only going to be seemingly leaders. And really the Hamoinam, the Joe average in the streets, is going to be running the show. 
So to me, you know what this means? To be Malamed Schus on our Gedolim, and they don't need me to be Malamed Schus on, but to reconcile their status with Rabbi Yisrael Salanta's Vart, it means very simple. We control them. Why? Because there was a yeshiva here in Brooklyn that wanted to make a resource room in the yeshiva for our brothers that need the resource room. And the board of directors of Al-Batim wouldn't hear it because they said the yeshiva is going to get a reputation that they have bachrim in the yeshiva that are, need a resource room. And then the yeshiva is not going to be Mitzuyanim anymore. But whose fault is this? The Rosh Yeshiva? What choice does he have? Without his board of directors, he can't do it. And without the parents that are going to send the bachrim to the yeshiva, if the yeshiva never ruins his reputation, it's going to be with the yeshiva. Well, it's going to be with my friend's yeshiva for Beis and Gimel students that end up with Dalit and Hay students. Who's controlling these Rosha yeshiva? They don't have a choice. I once taught ninth grade girls' school. Navi. Departmental was my first job I ever got. It was departmental. I'm teaching ninth grade Navi. The curriculum was the principal told me I should teach Sefi Yeshua and Sefi Malachim Beis for the first year, ninth grade. If you make a cheshbin, it's an average of about a parak a week, two svarim during the year, which is not really the most beneficial curriculum for these girls, obviously. And I asked the principal, I said, why do I have to do this? Is this best for them? And she said, listen, in such and such school, a competing school, they do two svarim in ninth grade. And if we don't do it here, they'll send their kids there. Who's controlling who? What choice do they have? Yeshiva needs money. And how often did a yeshiva go to a gvir and say, I want money for my yeshiva? He says, well, what's your approach? And he tells them this and that. And the gvir says, well, if you do this and if you do that, then I'm asking to give money. And what's the yeshiva supposed to do? Sometimes uh, the yeshivas use their own judgment when to take a stand and when not to. But to a large extent, there are a number of compromises. Just came today from meeting of Rabbanim. Very interesting horror somebody brought up. There was a Kol Kaire that was spread out from Rabbanim recently about Sneas. probably saw it. And in the Kol Kaire, one of the things it says is that a woman should not speak in public for men. It's a halacha. Uh, it didn't say it in the Kol Kaire, but if you want, you can learn it out from Birkas HaGoymel. Whatever mahalach you have, a woman benching Goymel, the reason why women don't get into the base medrash and bench Goymel is because of Sneas reasons. So making a speech is the same thing. So somebody asked, one of the Rabbanim said, the Balabatim were coming to him, what about all the graduations from the high schools? The girls get up and make speeches. And then somebody said, by such and such convention, I listened to tapes, there were women speaking for men. Uh, questions and answers, round table, this, whatever you call it. And I was sitting there at a table, about 20, 25 Rabbanim. There is no answer. Schools, but what are you going to do? What's the school going to do? If everybody gets together, we can do things. But there are compromises in our chinuch system. I remember once in a girls' school where I taught, the guest of honor, who was giving money by the dinner, had a daughter who was in the 12th grade, a very articulate, bright student. And she got up and spoke. And there were two males teaching in the yeshiva, me and another rabbi. And we said, it's, it's not right. The school said, look, guy wants it. Guy who's giving the money wants it. What are we going to do? And so too, just like a school will sometimes, and, and again, I'm the greatest defender of the yeshivas. And I'm telling you, 
that it's a tremendous nesioyness that they're under because of we, the Hamoinam, the Kelev that seems to be leading in the front is, is uh, giving them. And just like they will do what's best for the yeshiva, even though they sometimes have to compromise, I've seen yeshivas ignore the needs of individual students even when, even when they could have been met because of the reputation that yeshiva will get. Well, we do this for our students, we have this type of students, better nobody should know about this, so we won't deal with the problem. You go to Menahel and you say, look, one of your kids needs help. Sometimes help, sometimes not help, because then it's foursome what's going on in the school. Sometimes throw the kid out. And I've seen all three happen. What I'm saying is, the Nagea to us is two things. Kaddish Baruch Hu has given in Ikvis of the Mashiach a tremendous amount of power to the Hamoinam of which we are all members we decide where we give our tzedakah money and we decide where we want to send our kids if we use that power that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has given us for better or for worse properly we could really make a change in this world I heard from a Gvir in our neighborhood, Dov Wallowitz. He said this in public by a Lakewood dinner, that he once went to Rav Shach, and he asked Rav Shach, where should he give his tzedakah? And Rav Shach gave him a marshal, I'm going to say it, the Kitzer. There was a story with the Nachlus Davids, one of the great Achreinim. Uh, and in short, what it was, was that there was this man who had tzfilin from his grandfather. I mean, a very beautiful pair of tzfilin. And he put it on every single day, and he never missed a day of putting on these grandfathers to fill in because they had such sentimental value and he always had his grandfather in Zinin and all the things his grandfather went through he was a big Talmud Chacham one day he found himself in Medina's Hayam across the seas without his grandfather's to fill in and with a heavy heart and tears in his eyes he had to borrow to fill in from someone else Nebuch. one day this man gets up to Shemayim and the Malachim come to him and they say you which means somebody had never put on tefillin in his life and then some other malach comes and says no, it's not true one day in his life this man put on tefillin that day when he was by Medina Sayam because his grandfather's tefillin had a little crack in one of the vaults because it was so old and it was puzzle and one day in his life this man put on kosher tefillin and that saved him, happens to be Machloikis in the, in the Mepharshim, but today we're going with this, that saved him from being a kakaf to the monach tefillin. What's the nimshal said Rav Shach? There are a lot of tzedakahs that are very flashy and look very appealing and that are very attractive. That's not what we should look for. We should look for what's best and most kosher and most mahudr alpi das Torah. And very often, Rav Shach said, it's not the same. And that was his marshal. You can have a big sentimental pair of tefillin with a little slice in the vav. And some average Joe's pair of tefillin that he bought by the local cipher that are kosher. And that'll save your life. We have such power. We, who anyway demand things from our menahelim and our chinuch moistus, we do. Whether we like it or not, we do. We decide where to send our kids, we decide where to give our mice money, we decide for whom to make parlor meetings, which parlor meetings to go to, this is our decision. 
What I'm saying is, is that our children need us collectively to do the best for them. Because the yeshivas can't do more for our children than we expect them to do. If we refuse to send our children to a yeshiva where they will gain the most from, because we are afraid that they will be branded average kids, then those yeshivas will not exist and our children will not get the most. If we are afraid to create a resource room for the children that need it, because we are afraid that the yeshiva will get a rep... because we will give that yeshiva a reputation. Through our Lashon and through our Rechilus, we will give that yeshiva, and our Shtus, we will give that yeshiva a reputation that it needs a resource room, then they will not have a resource room, and those kids will not get what they need. 30 years ago, 20 years ago even, this was the case with places like Patach, places like that, where there were kids that were not getting what they needed because the community did not acknowledge the need out of either embarrassment, shame, or whatever, or denial. Nowadays, Baruch Hashem, there are such moistus. It's not enough. Chinuch system that we have, even though we should throw our hands up to Shemaim and thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu for it, just like human beings are not perfect, it is not perfect. And just like the biggest tzaddik still has to improve himself and try his best, we still have to try to improve our system and try our best. And we can do it. The first step is to become aware of what we are doing to harm our own children through the way we look at our yeshivas and the reputations we give them and where we send our children. When we straighten that out, it will be a great improvement in the system that we have now. And I'm going to stop here and take questions from the audience on either this topic or any topic that has to do with the general issue of Chinuch Habonim. The women have a custom to... Did you give them papers, Henry? Okay. The women have a custom to uh, write down, because women can't speak for men, therefore the women have a custom to write down the questions on papers and and hand them up. Anything from the men? Okay. I see women writing. I'm not doing the I'm not doing the Please try to make them as short as possible. Yes, yeah, sure. The girl did not yet call her girl did not yet call her from this happened today the girl did not yet call yes I deal with four groups of children the lowest two groups are kids that are no longer from Mahale Shabbos and the bottom of the group are kids who are drug addicts what we need for these kids is not a yeshiva because if you get them all together, they feed off each other. And, and it just becomes a circus and a gang, not a yeshiva. What we need is what the Gemara says. We need Kirv workers, programs for them to deal with them individually, reconcile them with their parents, take care of the problems they have with Frumkite, 
get them if they need the psychological help that sometimes they do because these children can be rehabilitated I've seen it happen I've, I've seen children who are Mechalei Shabbos Hesya come back uh, we don't have the money for such a program I'm working very hard on it but again the system that we have is such that the average Balabas would rather have his name on Beis Medrash Gavoy of Lakewood and I'm using Lakewood because I love the institution would rather have his name on Beis Medrash Gavoy of Lakewood than have his name on School for Juvenile Delinquents or Program for Juvenile Delinquents every a lot of Balabatim would like to be Mitsuyanim too and this is the way they perceive it I have it in writing from a lot of Poiskim that the mitzvah of being Makar of the children that went off the derech from our families takes precedence over all the other mitzvahs of Kirov in the world I wrote up my own theory and I sent it to a lot of Poiskim I sent it to the Badats in Yishlam I got a letter back from Rabbi Moshe Sternbach a whole tshuva he says 100% Tuvia Goldstein, the Debrecener of others. I, I could just go on with the list. It, it's a very easy psak, and it's one that everybody agrees with. That this mitzvah takes precedence over all the other Kirov mitzvahs. I'll give you the reasons. Reason number one is because if you take a public school kid and you make him from, you did a great chesed to him. But he was a Tinik Shinishba, and he would not have been punished for what his actions were. If you take a kid that grew up in Yeshiva, He's not a Tinik Shinishba. And what you're saving him from is a lot greater than from what you're saving the public school kid from. Number two, for every kid that's off the derech, you have a family that's, that's in turmoil. The Gemara says, Tabas Rabbatech Beisa Shalodom is worse than Melchemes Goigen Mogoig. Imagine if you had Melchemes Goigen Mogoig in someone's house. Tabas Rabbatech is worse. So you're doing your chesed for the entire family. And three, we're doing a chesed for ourselves. Because it's a halacha shuvas ma'arit that if there's robbers robbing cities, the neighboring cities who are not in danger now have to contribute because you never know when they'll need it. Same thing over here. Being that these children came from all sorts of families, Rahman al you don't know where it could pop up. And by creating facilities to help these kids, we are helping ourselves. We are chayiv to do this because you never know Rahman al-Islan, in whose family this can come up. These three reasons don't apply to the Tinoike Shinishbu. Rav Moshe Sternbach added a different one. You're doing, excuse me, the family, that was his. That you're doing your chesed for the family. That was Rav Moshe Sternbach's addition. Other people also gave other additions. These are the basic things. I've dealt with a lot of those kids. There are ways to bring them back. But I can only deal with a certain amount. Tips that I could give is that parents should never throw the kid out of the house unless absolutely necessary because statistics show that those kids that do come back are those kids whose parents never gave up on them, never threw them out of the house now sometimes there's a shaila of influencing other children and that you have to ask Adas Torah but if that's not an issue you should know that it's kemat a death sentence for a kid to throw them out of the house because there are kids that get thrown out of the house or leave the house they don't come back. Parents mistakenly think they give the kid an ultimatum, they'll come back. They won't. They don't need to. There are friends who will take them in. There are ways for kids to live on the street. I've seen kids change in two, three weeks from average rebellious kids to mamish street bums. Because they live on the street, they get into crime. There are people who will take them in. The only thing I can tell you in dealing with a kid like that 
is give him a lot of love and attention and affection and try to keep him within mainstream from Yiddishkeit as much as possible. Of course, again, you're going to have to balance him with the influence. That, obviously, every case is individual. But we can deal with them, and that's what we need. The parents, if they have a kid like that. One for the parents, if they have a kid like that, again, it depends on the kid. What they have to do is they have to figure out what exactly is the kid's problem, where he went off. A. Did the kid have a relationship with his parents? Usually the answer is no. Fix that. Uh, B. Uh, does the kid have a learning problem in school? Very often the problem is yes. The answer is yes. Let the kid, let the kid live with himself even though he's learning disabled. Does the kid have bad friends? Yes. Why? Is it because he thinks that he's Choshev only with these bad friends and he's not Choshev with us? If that's the case, then make him Choshev with us. And one thing I can say also, the father should walk with that kid in the streets with his arm around him and not be ashamed and say, this is my son. I know parents who have kids. The haircut is wrong. You know, the yarmulke isn't in the back, it's in the front. And the father, who's a Rebbe or a Machanach, is embarrassed and ashamed. And he says, you're embarrassing the family and you're shaming the family. Don't ever say that. There are a lot of things he's doing wrong, but don't say that because it'll backfire. The father should walk with the kid in the street and tell everybody, this is my son. But if you don't like it, it's too bad. There are things, there are ways to say. A Rosh Hashiva told me about a, a Rebbe that said the wrong thing to a kid once. It's such a great vart, what this Rosh Hashiva said. It's such a great line. And as a person that went to Yeshiva, I appreciate it. But it wasn't the right line for this kid. The kid said, I'm going off the derech, balach gloibnisht. I don't believe. There's no rabbinish shalolim. If that's the kid's problem, there are answers for him. Send to Rav Miller. He deals with these people all the time. You know what the Rosh Hashiva said? Yeah, got. Rabbacher asked him, how do you know? So the Rashiva said, in Rambam, and the I think it's a great line. I think it's really, really, it says something. But for that kid, that wasn't the approach. <laughs> you gotta, the kid went off like Rashiva's from Mars. You have to see what the kid's problem is and deal with him on his terms. You understand what I'm saying? Deal with him on his terms. We can't be stubborn and try to show the kids that we know better. It won't work. Deal with him and never be ashamed of him. Anything more than that, if you, you have to deal with it on a case-by-case basis. And if you call me, I'll gladly, if you have somebody in mind, somebody you know, I'll gladly speak to you about it. But basically the idea is that you have to find out what the problem is and deal with it. Stay away from being ashamed of him. Try to keep him in mainstream as much as possible and keep him home. And reconcile him with his parents. What? Myrit now? We have a minion here. Are we allowed to daven here? Does anybody mind davening here? What? Excuse me? No, I'm talking if after they finish. If anybody would, has any objections or is in a rush, the davening Marev downstairs, I'm sure we'll have a minion here. We ha- okay, ladies, please. Uh, could somebody please pass me the ladies' notes?
เลยดังนั้นหมายความว่าทุกสถานีที่ทำให้ตัวละครไม่ดีไม่ดีมากพอที่จะบอกคุณฉันแค่พูดว่าที่มหาคมบอกที่มหาคมบอกว่ามีค่าจ่ายที่สูงมากสำหรับพวกนี้ทั้งหมดเด็กเรียนในระยะสั้นแต่ในระยะยาวมันสอนให้เขาสามารถเรียนรู้ได้ด้วยการทำไม่ต้องคิดมากคิดเกี่ยวกับเด็กแต่ถ้าเป็นเด็กในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะยาวๆแต่ในระยะ
parents of our or the parents something of our organization should be able to coordinate thinking how can we structure this kind of mean I guess the question is um, how do we educate parents according to what das Torah is and how do we how do we make some structured program to do that well see I could tell you what das Ben Odom is <laughs> but I I can't tell you what Das Taira is unless I heard it from a Das Taira. I could help you with my experiences, I could help you with a little vart here and there, but Das Taira, you'll have to go to Das Taira. And if parents want, I could help arrange. Parents feel they don't need it, but if there are enough parents that feel they do need, I could arrange classes because Rabbonim have told me that they'd be willing to provide this service for parents that want to learn all about parenting. I can help you as much as I can. And I think that I have what to offer. But if the question is Das Torah, you're going to have to hear it from somebody who is Das Torah. And like I said, there's no reason why you should hear these Gedolim cliché-ni. <laughs> you can go to them straight. Okay, there's one more question. Are there any more questions? We just have one more. Okay, fine. One more question. Should I tell my daughter's principal all that she's involved in? Because if I tell him, then he can help her straighten up, straighten out. That's a tough one. The Menahel that I spoke to today, if it's him, don't. <laughs> Definitely not. There are those that will, and there are those that won't. You have to know them. And I went to Yeshiva, I went to Chaim Berlin for high school. We had a Menahel over there. As far as I understand, he's still Menahel. If it's him, you can tell him, because he'll help. I know cases where he has. There are other Menahelim, girls' schools especially where they won't will say, and they've told it to me that a Beis Yaakov was not ma- our school's not made for this type of girl she needs help, she should go to a different school I wear <laughs> there is no place but it's not made for this school in such a case, I would advise you for your daughter's sake or your son's sake not to tell the Menahel and again, I can't predict what your Menahel will do but if you think that your Menahel will then don't tell him. Get your, get your daughter or your son somebody else to help him. Let him maybe confide in a teacher and there you also have to be careful. Because you ask any kid and they'll tell you that there are teachers who they confided in and guidance counselors who they confided in. And the guidance counselor and the teacher went and relayed the information to the Menahel and I see heads nodding so I see you've had bad experiences with this. It does happen. A child has to be very careful who they confide in. And you have to be very careful who you confide in because I've seen Menahelim and teachers take the information and use it for the toiva of the school to the detriment of the, of, of, of the, the individual. Now, the, you see, there's a story with the Maral Diskin. This I heard from Rabbi David Cohn. A story Rabbi David Cohn told me where a lady who was living with a guy, she was married to a Shagitz, called him 
and he asked him, Shiloh, does she have to go to the mikvah? Now, the halacha is she should, um, even if she's living with a guy. So Rabbi David told her, of course, in a way that wouldn't suggest that he approves of what she's doing, that it would be better for her if she would go to the mikvah. Lady goes to the mikvah, and the mikvah lady recognizes her as somebody who is living with a guy. So she calls Rabbi David Cohen. <laughs> Says the guy, says, don't let her in. He told, don't let her in. <laughs> I don't know if the lady found out or didn't find out, but his explanation was, and it's tr- it's really push it, but we need sometimes people to tell us push it the things. There's a story with the Maral Diskin, where there was a sheikhet in town, and the sheikhet was getting old, and they came, he came to the Maral Diskin. The, the people came to the Maral Diskin with advice. What do we do with the shaykhet? He's an erlocha shaykhet, but he's getting old and we don't think that he should be around anymore. So the Maral Diskin said, offer him a position as like supervisor of shaykhtim. Give him a desk job. Money, maybe even a raise. But get him out of the shlachtos. He did that. And the shaykhets, when he was offered the job, went to the Maral Diskin and said, I need your advice. They offered me this job. Should I take it? And the Maral Diskin said, no, you've got to be crazy to do that. And when the Shaykh went back to the Kahila, they went back to the Maral Diskin and said, What are you playing games? And the Maral Diskin said, Listen, I'm obligated, according to the Torah, when somebody comes to me for advice, to give them the best advice that I can for them. An Eitzahogenes Loy. For you, this was the best advice. For him, that was the best advice. Well, same thing with David Cohn's case. He, he it was his comparison to Maral Diskin. If you're asking me as a parent, should you tell the Menahel, I'm telling you an Eitzahogenes Loch, that it's best for you and your daughter not to tell the Menahel if you suspect that the Menahel will use it against your daughter. If the school would ask me, <laughs> whatever. But I, best advice for you, you have to take care of your children. Don't say anything to somebody who you think can, it, it could be used against you. If no more questions, we'll wrap up. Myrith, good to know. Thank you all for coming.